What's up, everyone? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm glad to bring you all episode six of the Miracle Podcast. I hope you all are blessed, and I pray that the Spirit of the Lord go to every listener right now and fill them up with the peace of Jesus. And let's get right into it, man. Let's get right into it. Today's word will be taken from Acts 16. Acts 16, the New Living Translation version, or the NLT version. Acts 16. That is where today's word will be taken from. And the title of today's word is Behind Bars. And whoever listens to Drake, I did not steal that title from him. But that's the title that came to mind through the Holy Spirit for this one. (laughs) So the title of this one is Behind Bars. And as you turn to Acts 16, I want to focus on verses 16 through 34 and verse 40. And just to give you some context of what's going on, Paul is now heating up his ministry, going place to place. And for those who doesn't know who don't know who Paul is, Paul is a, is a, is a servant for the Lord, a missionary for the Lord that goes all over Europe, all over um, Asia, and he spreads the, the good news of Jesus Christ to Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews were the religious leaders of that time. The Gentiles were the people who were not seen as, as religious, you know. But um, he would go to the Jews and the Gentiles, telling them of Jesus Christ and how we're one in Christ and salvation through Jesus Christ. That's who Paul was. So now Paul is here is on his, I believe, his second missionary missionary journey. And um I could he's now on another missionary journey. I should I should clarify. I'm not sure of the number. But he's now here on another missionary journey. And now he finds himself in Macedonia in Acts 16. But he didn't just show up in Macedonia just like that. Macedonia's in Greece. Um, Turkey, modern day Turkey, you know. And he didn't just show up in Macedonia just like that. And I know we said that we're going to start at verse 16. But I actually want to start at verse 6. I actually want to start at verse 6. Where it says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. The Holy Spirit didn't allow them to go to Asia at that time. The Holy Spirit prevented them, the word says. So what happens in your life when God tells you or prevents you from going somewhere that will not only benefit you, but benefit others and benefit himself? Because look what the word says. Paul and Silas and his brothers were going to preach. They were going to do something good, yet the Holy Spirit still prevented them from going to Asia at that time. For example, we love to judge people when they reject the big opportunities. 
When people don't, when people say no to the big opportunities that we see that they get in their lives, we're like, what is going on? But what if that's God preventing them from not going to that big opportunity at that time? Because Paul's about to bring the word to Asia. No one has ever done that. He was about to bring the word to Asia. So what happens when God prevents you from taking the higher paying job and tells you to go for the less paying one? The Holy Spirit refused to let them go to Asia. And look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. The Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Paul and his boys tried to get to Asia twice. Paul and his boys tried to get to Asia again. And the fact that they did it twice means their desired destination was Asia. And here I go into the power of the second time. Because we know it's God most of the time when he blocks us from going to that place that we desire to go a second time. What happens when the place you want to go, some way, somehow, something comes and forces you another way. And the fact they did it twice meant they were either ignorant or wasn't aware of the Holy Spirit's doing. Because that happens to us a lot. There's a whole shift in our situation. And we fail to realize that it's the Spirit's doing. And it's not like they're going to do something bad, as I mentioned before. They're going to go spread the word, but the Spirit prevented them. Maybe sometimes the Spirit is preventing some things in your life to prevail at that time. Because you don't need it at that time. Because the Lord will prevent certain things in our lives at a certain time. And this is where we begin to feed in our minds and ask, Oh my gosh, I wasn't prepared to take this shift. Because remember, Paul and his boys are prepared to go to Asia. But now the Holy Spirit is preventing them, so now they have to take a shift. A lot of times we get we get reached with an unexpected circumstance and we're not prepared to take a shift. And then we say to God, I'm not prepared to take this shift. And I use an example. Sometimes a relationship could go a total 180 out of nowhere after being good yesterday. And then now you have to take a shift that you're not prepared for. But Christ wants me to tell you all, That your next move that he's making in your life is not based on your preparation, but his purpose. The next move he's making in your life is not based upon your preparation, but his purpose. And right now he's telling us at this time, I know it may seem like that was the best thing for you. I know it may seem like where you desire to be is the best place to benefit me, yourself, and others. But at this time, I do not want you to be in that situation. I do not want you to go there. I do not want you to go to that job. I don't want you in that relationship. Although it may seem like it's the best. But here's your test, people. Even though he's not bringing you there. Even though he's not bringing you to your desired destination. Can you trust God that he's bringing you somewhere?
Can you have faith in God that he is bringing us somewhere? In the midst of all this corona business and what's going on, no school, no jobs, no no business, can you trust God that he is still bringing us somewhere? Because it's a trust thing. Can you trust God enough that when he prevents you from dating that girl, it's because he got a better one waiting for you? Or he wants you to better yourself to make you prepared for the next relationship that you go into? I'm only using examples here. And look how good our God is. Because he, he, he prevents them from going. And then look what happens in verse 9. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia to help us. Come over to Macedonia to help us. Look how good our God is, because he's never going to leave us wondering. Listen, he's never going to leave us wondering without showing us some some sort of sign to what he wants us to do next. He's never going to leave us wondering without bringing a person within our lives to help us through. And to help us bring us to the next stage that God has for us next. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. To tell us of things to come. To tell us of the plans God has in our lives. But look. God is going to tell you where to go. God told Paul where to go. Macedonia. But he didn't tell Paul how he was going to prevail in where he wants him to go. Because sometimes we're not going to know how. We're going to know where to go. But we're not going to know how God is going to prevail. But it's our job to don't care about how, but know that our God will prevail no matter which step you take next. They weren't prepared. They weren't prepared to go to Macedonia, but all of a sudden they had to take a sudden shift. A lot of us weren't prepared for Corona and the things that would unleash upon us. And all of a sudden we had to take a sudden shift. And it also goes to verse 9 to show that God never leads you to a course without convicting you where to go next. He's not going to leave you hanging. He would never let you move blindly. And here's the gist of what I just said. Because remember where Paul was going, Asia. Remember where God called him to be, Macedonia. Asia needed Paul. But Paul needed Macedonia. Asia needed Paul, but Paul needed Macedonia. And I'll show you that later. And once again, what does Macedonia represent? It represents a place that we don't desire to be, but that's where God has called us to be. And sometimes we think the place where we want to go to, we don't go because it wasn't our time. Or they didn't need you. But maybe you don't need whatever you desire right now. Maybe you don't need it. Maybe you don't need it right now. And verse 10 goes on to say that. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once. Having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. They didn't know the events that was going to take place. 
but they knew they were being led by Christ. And once we know that we are being led by Christ and his good news must prevail, then we don't care about the events. We don't care about the events. Once we know that God will prevail, we don't worry about the next situation in our lives. We don't worry about what's, what's going to come out of this or, 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 or how he's going to prevail. Because we already know that he is going to prevail. And as soon as they got the conviction that they're supposed to be in Macedonia, they got up. Maybe God is saying, you all are sitting for too long after I've given you a sign to get up a long time ago. Some of us are still sitting after we got the sign from God that this is where we're supposed to be. But we're so stubborn that all we want to do is go to the place we want to be. And that's why God can't bless us in this season. Because we want to go where we want to go. But I urge some of us right now not to get discouraged that you didn't go to your desired destination. But feel delivered that you have a God who is leading you to where where he wants you, where he needs you to be. Like I said before, you'll see that later on. But furthermore, as the verses go down, just to get to verse 16 faster, he goes on to meet Lydia, this woman named Lydia, when he arrives in Macedonia. And her crib is basically his Airbnb. So her crib is where him and his boys stay in their time being in Macedonia. And I want you guys to remember Lydia as I go through the sermon, as a place where Paul stays. Do never, please don't forget that because, excuse me, we're going to loop back to that again. But now that leads us at verse 16. So now we know he, he's found a place in Macedonia. He's, he, he's settling down. Oh, yeah. And God will never lead you to where he wants you to be without making you have a settled place. Without making you have a place where you could go. But verse 16, the epicenter of the sermon. One day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. I want to focus on where they're going. It says one day as we're going down to the place of prayer. They're going to a place of prayer. And as they're on their way to prayer, they are interrupted by a possessed female. As they're on their way to prayer, they are interrupted. As they're on their way to release their burdens, because that's what prayer does. You go to God, have a conversation with Him, and you release your burdens, and you just give it all to Him. As they're on their way to release their burdens and praise their Lord, they keep getting interrupted. Every time they would go to their place of letting go, because that's what prayer is. You just let go and let God. Every time they would go to their place of letting go, they are interrupted by the slave girl who was possessed. And verse 18 says this went on day after day. And it relates to us because some of our burdens and some of our pain and some of our interruptions, they just keep popping up day after day. And we're trying to release them, but the burdens just keep adding up, adding up, and adding up. And they're trying to go to the place they want to go, which is a place of prayer, but they can't 
They can't get there in peace. And I ask this question, have you ever been interrupted while in transition to where you want to go? Have you ever want to just praise God freely, but every day the same tormenting spirit tries to take you over? The same depression tries to take you over. The same anxiety tries to take you over. The same what-if scenarios and the same why-me scenarios try to take you over. So you can't praise your God freely. The Bible says the spirit, the spirit wouldn't stop trying to attack them. And for right now, some of us with all that's going on, the spirit of fear, it just keeps trying to attack you every day. You're trying to find joy and peace. The same ex keeps coming back to you and sliding in your DMs every day. Day after day, day after day, day after day. It's a recurring thing, verse 18 is telling us. It's a reoccurring thing. And a lot of us are going through these reoccurring interruptions of anxiety and fear and mental state and, 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 and health scares and job loss. A lot of us are going through these interruptions every day. And it's a reoccurring thing for us. And this evil spirit here that is attacking Paul and his boys, interrupting them, is trying to disrupt the praise that they want to bring unto God. And some things in our life, some surroundings are trying to disrupt us of our prayer life and our connection with God. And day after day, it's the same thing. It's the same thing until Paul did what some of us need to start doing. And I use this funny example here because as I was writing the sermon, I remember that me and my mom went, to an, went through an elevator scare the other day. We we're going to do laundry late at night because, you know, we figured no one's in the laundry room then with all that's going on. And we we're going to do laundry late at night. And then this is just to speak to the interruption. And, you know, we go in the elevator and we think, OK, we're going to reach down. But we go in the elevator and the elevator gets stuck on us. And then you could hear the wire dangling like it's about a pop or something. Me personally, I'm scared out of my mind. I'm your speaker, I'm your preacher, whatever you want to call me. But I'm scared out of my mind. <laughs> I'm thinking, what if this elevator pops right now and we die? And then it goes down one more floor, then it dangles again. And my mom is there and I'm saying, mom, calm down, calm down. Because I'm trying to keep up a positive attitude. And I'm saying, mom, calm down, calm down. And it's crazy because how Satan and how the enemy tries to interrupt us. While we're on the place where we want to go, while we're on the way to where we want to go, all we want to do is go to the laundry room. But Satan interrupted us. And listen, Satan only interrupts the people who he knows are doing a powerful thing for God. If you feel pressures on your life, rejoice in that because that means you're on the right track and that means you're doing a wonderful thing for God. Anyway, so we're on this elevator and it's dangling. And I'm like, yo, what if this thing pops? What if this thing pops? And it's crazy because it's like, as I said before, I'm scared and I tell my mom to calm down. But then all of a sudden, and actually, you know what? Before I burst that into pl flames, the Lord wants me to ask you all, what is your wealth dependent on? 
And it's going to connect to this too. What is your wealth dependent on? What is your wealth dependent on? Because if you look at verse 16, it says that the slave girl earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. Her wealth was dependent on payments, but Paul's wealth was dependent on prayer. And Paul's prayer, Paul proved that prayer is more valuable than payments. Her wealth was dependent on fortunes. Paul's wealth was dependent on faith. Paul proved that faith is more valuable because it reveals to us a power within. So look, my mom's wealth was dependent on her faith. And she did the same thing that we need to do. Paul did the same thing that we need to do. I hope you're following me here. In verse 18, it says Paul got so exasperated. He got so annoyed that he said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. Let me tell you something. As soon as my mom said, in the name of Jesus, elevator move, the elevator moved and it brought us down to the lobby floor and we were able to do our laundry. Thanks be to God that we could call upon the name of Jesus and declare that things that are not supposed to be in our lives need to come out. I'm here to tell you that you have the spirit of authority within you to command the things that are unlike Christ within your life. Command the depression and the anxiety and the fear and and the the wrong mental state and the wrong health state out of your life and command the corona and the diseases out of your life and out of your family's life and command the generational curses out of your family's life. You have to do what Paul did. You have to do what my mother did. And when Satan tries to send you an interruption to mess up your flow so you won't progress, you have to command it in the name of Jesus to come out. You have to command it, command, command the thing that is trying to disrupt you in your life to come out. Command it, command it. Verse 18 says, Paul was so exasperated. Some of us are tired and annoyed. That's what exasperated me. You can't take it anymore. You can't take it anymore. You can't take it anymore. Some of us are tired and annoyed and just can't take the depression and anxiety of all that's going on. I don't know your situation, but I know that you're tired and you're annoyed. And you either have two things. You have two choices to make when you're tired and annoyed. Do you use the spirit that is within you and command it to get out? Or do you sit down in bed and allow the pressures of life to amount upon you even more? It's your choice. Your choice. You got to choose it. Well, you got to remember the spirit the Lord has given you. And a lot of us right now are behind bars. We're behind bars. And interruptions just keep piling in our lives. But we need to use our tired and annoyance to take it out on the demons in our life. Come on, we need to start commanding some things to come out of our families and our relationships. And look what the word says. And instantly, and instantly, the demon left her. And instantly, the demon left her. And I want to dive into this because what the Holy Spirit revealed to me next is so powerful. Because if the woman kept bothering them, right? This possessed woman kept bothering them. 
That means she was with them and they were close. She kept bothering them. And right now, God is saying, you have the power to command some things out of your life, but you're doing it from a distance. The thing is bothering you closely, but you're, but, but you're fighting it from a distance. And I know this might sound awkward, but what if some of us need to draw closer to the disrupting problems in our life? Go face to face with it and let it know who we serve. What if in the moment of feeling down and discouraged, we get up, acknowledge our pain, acknowledge our interruptions, go down on our knees and claim it and command it to come out in the name of Jesus. That's another thing. Don't be afraid to acknowledge your pain. For there's, for his grace is sufficient enough. The power he has given us. That's when the true beauty is revealed when we decide to fight it. And some of us are fighting from a distance. And how do you fight up close? You use your spirit through prayer. And you command the things that are disrupting your life to come out. And it's beautiful because look at verse 19. It says, her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and silent. Her master's hopes of wealth are now shattered. Their master's wealth was dependent on the girl. But how many of us know that we serve a master whose wealth can never be shattered? His wealth of grace and peace and faith and hope can never be shattered. So how many of y'all know that your wealth cannot be shattered? And what the Holy Spirit revealed to me next made no sense at all. It made no sense at all. Because as I kept reading, it says in verse 23, Paul and Silas were severely beaten. And then they were thrown into prison. So what's the case here? Their praise, their praise sent them into prison. And a lot of people want to skip this fact. That their praise sent them into prison. Their praise put them in bondage. Their praise brought upon them more captivity. And a lot of us praising right now feel more bondage. And we go in deeper despair and wonder why God can't you get me out of this? What happens when you keep praising yet the pressures amount even more? What happens when you're trying to improve but the bondages just feel so much stronger than beforehand? What happens when you praise but the boss doesn't agree with your praise and treats you differently from everyone else? What happens when your significant other hears and sees your praise yet he keeps drifting away? What happens when your praise doesn't bring you to the place where you want it to bring you? As their praise got them into prison. What if our praise has led us to where we are right now? Follow me here. Follow me here. What if our praise has led us into Corona? Follow me here. Please follow me here. Because right now you guys think I'm crazy, but follow me here. To all the opposition and rejection, what if that's a result of our praise? 
And right now, look in verse 24, it says, So the jailer put them in the, into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. So right now, the jailer has them locked up. And right now, the jailer and your enemy thinks that he has full control over you. Right now, that jailer thinks he has full control over Paul and their conditions. Right now, the people and things in your life think they have power over your condition and your situations. So right now, the jailer has them in chains. So they can't move at all. Paul and his bros cannot move. And they're in a deep dungeon of darkness, the inner dungeon. That means they're way on the deep floor. The inner dungeon can't come out. They're behind bars and they cannot budge. So right now, the jailer feels like he has full control. And right now, we feel trapped. And the ironic part here is that, remember, God led them to Macedonia. And now the place where God led them to, now they're behind bars. And I want you guys to keep following me here because I'm getting somewhere. Remember what I said, their praise led them into prison. But I want to show you the power of it. Because look at verse 25. It says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Look at verse 25. It says around midnight, around midnight, in the wee hours of the morning, when it's late and all hope is gone and everyone is asleep, around midnight, when it seems like no one is listening to you, when it seems like your chains are supposed to bring you down even more, around midnight, when you can't sleep because you're thinking of that breakup, around midnight, when you can't sleep because you're thinking of your business, around midnight, when you can't sleep because you're thinking about how corona is going to affect you next, around midnight, when you can't sleep because you feel that little feeling in your stomach and you think you're infected. Around midnight when you can't sleep because it seems like you don't know when the next bill is going to be paid. Around midnight when you have no more power and no more hope. The Bible says Paul and Silas were singing and praising hymns. Paul and Silas were praising and singing hymns unto God. In the midnight hour when everyone is quiet and is not moving, they were in prison wrapped in chains. So Paul and Silas and his bros were paralyzed by their condition. But you see, Paul, some way, somehow, found power not in their crisis, but in their Christ, and started praising in the midnight hour. What if some of us need to start praising and singing hymns in the midnight hour, when all seems down and depressed and discouraged, and you can't go anymore? Because you see, while nothing seemed to be moving in that midnight hour, the spirit started moving. Because how many of you know that in the midnight hour, when nothing seems to be moving in your life, there's one thing that is constantly moving, and it is the spirit of the Lord, and it is within you, and it is alive, and it is well. Whew. While nothing seemed to be moving, the spirit started moving, and they had to start praising in the midst of their chains, in the midst of them being behind bars, in the midst of their despair and their unfairness and their fear and the addiction, they kept praising. Why? 
Because remember how I told you their praise led them into prison. So why would they keep praising in prison if their praise led them into prison? Because they knew that the same praise that got them into the prison will get them out of the prison. They knew that the same praise that got them into the prison will get them out of the prison. And even though they were in the inner dungeon, let me explain the inner dungeon again. That is the deepest, darkest place you could be in a prison. And now they're all chained up and locked up. And all they probably smell is each other's sweat and bare hot breath. But now they're in the inner dungeon. They're in the inner dungeon in darkness, in deep darkness. Right now, some of us are in deep darkness in this inner dungeon. But one thing that lit up in their darkness was their praise. I'm telling you, there is power in your praise. And even though they're in the prison, in chains, listen to this. They didn't allow their praise to be determined on their setting, but on their savior. Stop looking around you and using your situation as an excuse to what you can and can't do. But know that even though it looks like there is no way out, if I could just keep on praying and singing and thanking God, then he will find a way. You're not in Macedonia for no reason, people. You're not in Macedonia. You're not in the place where you don't want to be for no reason. And here's the question. Do we still rely on our praise to get us out of the prison? Do we still rely on our praise to get us out of the prison? Are we going to rely on the same praise before Corona to get us out of Corona? To know that in the midst of darkness, if we stand and just raise a hallelujah for Christ, then he will stand for us. In verse 26, it goes on to say, Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains off of every prisoner fell. So the whole time the jailer thought he was in control. No, it was some other guy with the name Jay who was in control. Some call him Jehovah, some call him Jesus. And he's telling me right now to tell you all that he is in control. Because there's a bigger virus out there than Corona. There's a, there's a more contagious virus out there than Corona. And it is the blood of Christ. It is the peace of Christ. It is the love of Christ. And when this virus hits your immune system, anything unlike it has to come out. So I urge you, brothers and sisters, just keep praising. Keep praising and keep praising the chains in your life away. Depression, the sadness, the sickness, the debt, the bad relationships. And I want to show you something because when God shows up in your life, it's not going to be a small shakeup. Because drastic times call for drastic miracles. Follow me here. It says suddenly there is a massive earthquake. A massive earthquake. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner flew off. Every prisoner. Because we need to know that your praise doesn't only break your chains. But when you get to praising in your prisons, the chains of fear become chains of freedom. And then your daughters and your nephews and your cousins and your girlfriends and your boyfriends and your aunts and your uncles 
Those chains break too. Those chains break too. I hope some of y'all, whoever is listening, is is loving this, man, because this is so powerful. Verse 25, it says, Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. It says they were listening. People are listening to you and I right now. In this season, when, when we're walking in such peace and power, people are watching and listening. And they're wondering right now, why are these bozos praying? Don't they see what's going on? Don't they see that our lives are in shambles? Why are they praying? But let me show you something. It is through those same bozos that God revealed himself. It is through those same bozos that God had mercy upon all of them. So be a bozo for Christ. And do the unordinary. The verse says all the doors flew open. All the doors that kept holding you back in life is about to fly open. All the doors are about to fly open. And I want to, and I just, I didn't mention this Saturday night when I was preaching it, but I just added it. The Holy Spirit just told me now. Because what I've been going through in life is sometimes I worry too much for the future and I miss living in the present. And this spoke to me because Paul and Silas could have easily been worried about the next day. What are they going to do to us tomorrow? What if we don't get out of here tomorrow? How is the word going to be preached? But what the Holy Spirit spoke to me and is speaking to me, and I'm pretty sure speaking to somebody else. Paul and Silas didn't worry about tomorrow and they kept praising in the right now. And what God wants me to tell you and what God is trying to tell me. Stop worrying about tomorrow and appreciate the moment you have now. Because although it might seem like you're in chains, your praise is more powerful and victorious than the chains on your body. So live in the right now. Live in the right now. Appreciate the right now. Live in the present moment. Live in his present presence. Live in the peace that he has to offer you today and praise him right now. Stop with the what ifs and the when and what if tomorrow and months from now and blah, 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 blah. Live right now and appreciate right now and what you have right now. And know, and yes, you can have hope for the future, but know that his will is going to be done so you can trust in him and know that he has established a path for you. And he is going to prevail. So lean not on your own understanding, but in always acknowledge him. Submit to him yourself and he will establish your steps. Let me continue. The jailer says in verse 27, the enemy who was watching over them woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drawed his sword to kill himself. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. And this is what people and ourselves fail to realize, but Paul and Silas already knew it. The jailer and a lot of us think that we escaped from prison right then and there. But Paul knew that they escaped from prison a long time ago. 
And the fact that I could still praise my Lord in the midst of a worldwide disease shows that I escaped prison a long time ago when my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ died on the cross. So every day we could live like we are resurrected and we have escaped the arms of the enemy. And that's why they could praise in prison. Because they didn't see the chains, they saw Christ. And when you could overlook your chains and see Christ, then you're constantly praising him. Because you remember the beauty of the cross in which he died for you and gave you power through his resurrection so that you could live again. It's a beautiful thing. And look at it again. An earthquake is supposed to kill them, bro. They're supposed to be trapped because remember, they're in the inner dungeon. They're supposed to be trapped because all the building levels are supposed to fall upon them. Maybe God is saying right now, some of you have feel a shake in your life and you might think it's going to kill you. Some of you are going through a breakup or a business downfall, economic downput or whatever you want to call it. And right now that's a shake in your life and you might think it's going to kill you or hurt you. But God is saying, hold tight. Because it's not a trap, it's not to trap you, but it's to set you free. But we can't go free unless we get a little shaking. And right now, Corona is a shaking, and we're about to be set free. We're about to be set free. We're about to be set free in the name of Jesus. And Paul went on to have mercy upon the jailer. He said, don't kill yourself. Don't kill yourself. We're all here. And that right there is the grace of God. Because the jailer didn't deserve to live. We didn't deserve to live. But you got to understand that when God prevails in your life, it's not just for you to hog it, but it's, to, but it's for you to spread it. You got to understand that we never deserved to live. We were like this jailer. We didn't deserve to live because of all our wicked ways. But the grace of Jesus Christ stepped in for us. So that we may have a chance at living again. And verse 29 says, The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. The jailer didn't run out. The jailer ran down to the dungeon. Why? Because the same people who chastised you and left you hostage and left you trapped in chains are going to be the same one bowing at your feet, asking you who your God is. And as I close out here, I ask you all this. What is your prison? What is your prison? And all of us have different prisons right now. Some of our prisons might be fear, anxiety. What ifs? What is your prison? And I'm also here to remind you that there is power in your prison and there is beauty in your bars. You're not in Macedonia right now for no reason, Paul. You're not where you are right now for no reason. You're not in prison right now for no reason. But the thing with Paul and Silas that what we got to learn is this. They didn't let where they are 
affect who they are. They kept on praising in prison. And you see, Paul had an option and we have an option too. He had an option of what to cling to. He had an option to cling to his chains or to cling to Christ. What are you going to cling to in this season of your life? Your shackles or your savior? What are you going to cling to? Your flaws or your faith? You have to believe that when God says that all things work together for the good who love the Lord, it does. And furthermore, furthermore, look what the Spirit told me. The only way to break the shackles in your life is if you're in prison. So rejoice in your shackles, for there's beauty in your shackles. And once God breaks those chains over your life, the people who chastised you and went against your God has to come to your God. But you have to know your prisons and your shackles in life. You have to know your prisons and your shackles in life. Remember how I told you I want to cover verse 40. I want to cover verse 40. It says, when Paul and Silas left the prison, they returned to the home of who? Lydia. 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 There they met with the believers and encouraged them once more. Before I go into what I want to say, they came out of prison and went to encourage. When y'all hit your breakthrough, Don't boast, but encourage. They came out of prison and encouraged. Anyways, back to Lydia. Because remember how I told you, Paul needed Macedonia at that time. And God prevented him from going to Asia. Remember how I told you that in the beginning. And now he finds himself out of prison and back to the home of Lydia. And let me show you how God positions us, positions us with purpose. Because when Paul, ne- when, when Paul got the call to go to Macedonia, he never expected this. But he went to Macedonia anyways, not knowing how God will prevail, but knowing he will prevail. Did you know that the house of Lydia became the first Christian church in Europe? That was the foundation of the Christian church in Europe. House of Lydia. House of Lydia. And the moral of the story is that God is not always going to lead you to where you want to go, but where he needs you to be. But we just have to be aware and keep our eyes open. And Akin, similar to Paul and Silas, we will reach unexpected prisons. We will reach unexpected territory. And interruptions will come within our life. 
And right now, all of us are facing the same interruption. But God is saying we need to command it with the power that we have within. Awaken to the power we have within and start commanding stuff in the name of Jesus to come out. Because it has led us into these prisons of doubt, fear, anxiety, and all types of things. And we need to trust God that if we keep praising him, he will shake up ground and set us free. And look, people, praise. Praise don't got to be this big shout in the wee hours of the morning. Praise could be wherever. And that's the beauty of the resurrection of Christ, that we could step into his presence, whatever, whenever, wherever. Praise could be a simple. Thank you, Jesus. And I show you that a moment, I assure you in that moment of thanking him will overcome every burden that you're feeling in your life. It's the importance of praise and worship. So whoever, whoever hears this, I just urge you to, if you don't know how to pray, it's okay. Lord, ask the Lord, Lord, teach me how to pray. And and, and, and so simple, because all you have to do is to say what's ever on your mind. <laughs> Bring all your pain and all your burdens to him. Whatever you're going through, prayer is a conversation between you and God. Converse with him. Bring whatever is on your mind. Bring all your broken hearts. Just bring it to him and then talk with him. And listen and look out for, for that still small voice, my pastor would call it. He says the still small voice, listen to it. Look out for signs to show you what God wants to do next in your life. But it takes prayer and conversation and connection with God. For when all seems defeated, we can just open up our mouth and just shout out to him and give him a cry. And look, people, we will never be perfect. So if you think the fact that you're not perfect God won't answer your prayers. You're getting it all wrong. That's not how this thing works. God doesn't accept. Uh, um, God doesn't expect perfection. All he wants is a little bit of effort of you to just come to him. He knows you're not perfect. So stop trying to be perfect. And just live every day and recommit yourself to him every day. That's the best we could do. We're going to mess up. I'm sorry. Paul messed up millions of times. We're going to mess up. But what do we learn from that? How do we draw closer to God through that? And I don't want to close off this podcast episode without giving someone an opportunity to activate their power and Christ's spirit within them through accepting Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. And this right here, salvation, it gives you access to walk in peace every day on earth. And it gives you access to eternal life in heaven. And it's so simple because everybody thinks, oh, you have, to, you have to go through all these rules and laws to accept Jesus. But no, in his word, it says in Romans 10 verse 9, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then he will raise you. That, and... If you believe in your mouth, sorry. 
And if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. All you got to do is believe and accept. So whoever wants to do that today, just repeat this prayer after me. Lord, I am a sinner. But I believe that you died for me. And with God's power, rose from the dead. I am now new in and through Christ Jesus. Thank you. Lord, I accept you as my Lord and as my Savior. Amen. And whoever just prayed that prayer, I know it, that you were just saved. And salvation, it's not a, it's not a, it's not an end point. Being saved, accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior, is not an end point. It's the starting line. And as you and as you grow closer with Christ, read the word more, pray with him more, converse with him more, speak to him what's on your mind more. You're going to draw closer and closer. And the peace that passes all understanding, peace like no other, you will experience in your life. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. But you got to put in the effort. You got to pray. You got to read the word. You got to enjoy. And some days you're going to feel like you don't want to. That's a part of the process. And that's a prison. But you got to praise him in the prison. For all who listened in, I hope you were blessed and you were touched. I love you all. May the spirit of the Lord give you peace. May the Lord go before you and shine his face upon you and bless you and your family. Thank you for listening in to episode six of the Miracle Podcast. Be blessed, be encouraged, and stay well. And wash your hands. Deuces!